0: Today on Locked on Rockies, continuing to look at the idea, the mindset, the pros, the cons of the one-year deal and the idea of Colorado as a place to reinvent players' careers. You are Locked on Rockies, your daily Colorado Rockies podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network your team every day. Rock on Rockies fans. Welcome into the Locked on Rockies podcast for today. The first day of December in the year 2022. I'm your Rockies fan extraordinaire, Paul Holden, bringing you your daily Colorado Rockies podcast right here on the Locked on podcast network where you can find your team every day. And if your team is the Colorado Rockies, well, guess what? You are in the right spot. I am your host of the Locked on Rockies podcast, Paul Holden, and I have been following this team my entire life and Bringing you your daily Colorado Rockies podcast for a little over two seasons now. Today on the Locked On Rockies podcast, we're going to talk about the one-year deal. Again, we've talked about this before, but there's... A really big player with a one-year deal that I think the conversation needs to continue to happen about. And we take a look at some of the one-year to short-term deals. Maybe the one-year deals that turned into short-term deals for the Colorado Rockies. Because there's been a lot of recent history with that type of mindset. So the Rockies definitely aren't a stranger to doing this. So we're going to talk about it a little bit more. Uh, and But before we do that, we are the Locked on Rockies podcast free and streaming on your favorite streaming service and appreciate you making us your first listen of the day. You can find us, like we said, on your favorite streaming service or on YouTube, the Locked on Rockies YouTube channel. Your subscription there is a massive, massive help to us here at the show. And you can join in on the live chat. You can ask your questions live. You can know when we go live and record the podcasts and uh, be part of the show. Ask your questions and uh, help more Rockies fans get in the know about Colorado Rockies baseball. So let's talk about the one-year deal. And Nicholas is here. Nicholas Delvo is here, uh, here hanging out. Always one of them. Eric Harper popping in the live chat. So you can be just like them. Folks, we've been talking a lot about the one-year deal prospect from Cody Bellinger. And I don't want to sit and harp on the fact of Cody Bellinger one-year deal. I kind of want to more take a dive into why the one-year deal is a really good tool, especially for the teams like the Rockies. Think about last year in particular. Not only do the Rockies fill time until Ezekiel Tovar is major league ready and the Rockies deemed him major league ready and ready to play in the big leagues by the end of that season, they were able to fill it and give someone a really good shot. Jose Iglesias was arguably one of the best moves the Rockies made last year, if not the best move the Rockies made last year in terms of free agent acquisitions. He was one of the best players On the Rockies last year, he has a long history of uh, success um, across teams. And the one thing I really hope the Rockies can learn from Jose Iglesias is his ability to hit on the road. He is the type of player and the exact type of, of, of project that is perfect for the Rockies to take on. It's no longer, it was a total win win for both sides. The Rockies got good shortstop play, and they got a player that was able to contribute and be an effective piece for their club for a year, giving them more time to figure out what to do with these uh, prospect pieces that they have. And Jose Iglesias gets to go into free agency. Yes, with the thing of Colorado, the rare instance where he gets to say, listen, I was a better hitter outside of Coors Field than I was at Coors Field. So you can't really hold that against me. And it was only one year. And he went goes off to have a very, very solid season. He improves on his batting average uh, from 2021. He finishes the year at a .292 average, 328 OBP is slugging a 380 and OPS of 708 I mean that's a very solid line especially when you look at him 47 RBIs three home runs with 30 doubles uh this year for Iglesias he was a huge threat for the Rockies he was he played in 118 games he got 128 hits he was averaging more than a hit a game Jose Iglesias, I mean, I don't think uh, it's going to be something that uh, he's going to look back at his time in Colorado and and not be happy about because this is something that he gets to sit there and say it panned out. It worked out. This was actually a benefit for him, especially when he was facing kind of some questions. His defense is still suspect, and unfortunately, he didn't have the same batting average that he did in the pandemic-shortened season. But this is the highest batting average he's had in a season since 2019, uh, and higher than his batting averages in 2018, 17, and 16. I mean, uh, there for for Detroit. So, Jose Iglesias is is a prime example of what you can what you can get for a nice deal on a solid veteran player. What what you're not risking when you go out and you offer a veteran player that's been here for a while, that's been in the league for a long time, you're, you are you know what you're going to get. You have an understanding, and you're going after people that have made it. The thing about trusting prospects, the thing about going and, and taking a lottery ticket or or hoping for something for prospects is the development cycle, how they handle the big leagues, Guess what? The Rockies didn't have to worry about Jose Iglesias being an MLB-ready player last year. He was. He was a fully capable player. Yes, might have been on the downside, especially on the defensive side of his game. But he was someone that knows the game. He knows what it takes to be a major league ball player. And you immediately fix an, an, an issue if you continue to look and piece and go with your prospects and if they don't pan out and you're not kind of going with these with with at least veteran options on your bench as a utility player or the starter and making the in front of the prospects so the prospects really are only coming in on the on the every fifth day filling in for injury so to speak you're putting a lot of focus on those prospects right away which is i know what you have to do but sometimes you don't. You can just trust the people that have already done it. Jose Iglesias has been there. I'm not saying the Rockies should go out and and, and sign a shortstop and not let Ezekiel Tovar has his chance. That's not. I I feel like I kind of steered my the the the, the what I was trying to say in a, in a weird direction there. I'm just I was just trying to say that the risk of a one year deal of a solid vet is considerably less than a prospect. And if you're not looking at something like the Rockies were last year where you really need something for a long-term shortstop fix because you know you have your shortstop of the future, at least the shortstop you want to try of the future, the one-year deal and players like Jose Iglesias are perfect fits. And it all circles back to the idea of a year of Cody Bellinger makes total sense. There were risks, there's risks involved, sure, there's issues involved, sure, but you can say that about a lot of these short-term and one-year deals that the Rockies have made, but I think the Rockies can safely say, at least in the most recent, uh, in in pretty recent years, they have been pretty darn good at these short-term deals and getting success out of these players or the one-year deal, and uh, let's take a look. At some of the players that the Rockies have uh, either signed to just one-year deals and moved on, or ju- or the ones that turned on to multi-year deals, because to be totally honest, one the, the Rockies have a habit of bringing people in, getting success out of them, and offering them multi-year contracts. That's the that's the issue, and we're going to talk about some of the the missteps about the uh, about this the philosophy of the one year deal and bringing people in on one- year deals because it's not all a good idea it's not without its issues. But before we do that, got to tell you about our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one spot for all your sports news, odds, betting information. If you want to get the lines on whatever is happening in the world of sports and you want to get them right now, live in game, well, you can see it all at betonline.net. The latest odds and trends. For every professional and amateur league out there, they got it all at betonline.net. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, betonline.net has you covered with up-to-the-minute info, stats, news, and analysis. They got the podcast there if you need to learn more about your bets as well. They are the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed. That's betonline.net. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about BetOnline. Betonline.net, where the game starts. We're taking a look at some of the one-year deals and really a lot of these one-year deals turning into multi-year deals. And we can kind of look at it too from the lens of uh, last year as well, who the Rockies have brought back uh, after going after and getting a, a, a short look at who the Rockies most likely won't bring back. And uh, that's that's part of it. You know, I mean, we can sit here and look. The Rockies are not going to bring back Alex Colomay. If they do, I will be shocked. And, you know, there were moments where Colomay was good. But for the most part, at the end of the year, you could kind of tell that Colomay was not fitting in with the team and the philosophy of the Rockies. And probably is going to be someone that's going to struggle with the pitch clock, which is on the way. And so the one-year deal frees that up, and you can go in, and the Rockies have already replaced and moved and done stuff. Chad Cool, the same thing. Really interesting promise. I mean, for a bit there, the Rockies are sitting looking there. And the, I mean, if Chad Cool didn't add a strong second half, we'd see the same rotation. The Rockies would have easily brought back... Both of them. But we see the Rockies bringing back one person they did bring in at the middle of the year. Jose Ureña is getting a full year deal for the Rockies now after coming in midway through the season. And we'll see what that means for the Rockies. I think he kind of, we have to still see that full season, what that means for for, for Jose. But let's take a look at the success stories or some players that signed deals with the Rockies, uh, whether it be one year or short-term deals and panned out pretty well for the Rockies, and uh, let's start with Michael Kadire because I think he's an interesting case of, mm, maybe it's a, a, a bad thing to go to Coors Field, a little bit of a regression, but it completely flips around. Uh, Michael Kadire leaves the Twins after being an All-Star in 2011 and signs with the Rockies, and uh, his batting average, his OBP, his slugging, uh, uh, and... His uh, batting average and just OBP, sorry, his slugging and OPS increased in cores, but his batting average and OBP decreased his first year in Colorado. And uh, one thing too that, that, that was interesting, the year after, complete turnaround. He's an all-star. He's in the MVP voting. He's the silver slugger completely turns around his career gets himself two more years at the major league level bats uh, some injury issues there in 2014 with uh, only playing in 49 games but you know gets himself a, a really completely it gives himself a nice little landing pad and finishes out and helps that rockies team in 2013 uh they not not much i know there wasn't much uh, excitement there but 2013 it was at least something that you look at in the Rockies. Could was an example of someone of Kadir coming in, and a career getting a nice little jolt of energy, and was able to do it after his first year too. So he was able to adjust, and yeah, we we talked about the health issues there, not really helping him out, but. Michael Goddier, a prime example of someone who comes to the Rockies and he sees a, a nice boost in his career. He adds his uh, second All-Star game appearance with the Rockies. He was uh, an All-Star in 2013, like I said, in the MVP voting. Uh, not very high, but uh, technically in the MVP voting and winning the Silver Slugger for the first time in his career as well. And if you have a Silver Slugger on your team, that's going to help you out. Another player uh, that that's a similar story, Justin Morneau, comes over to the Rockies. And in his first year, he sets a career high in batting average. Uh, actually, it's not true. He had a 345 batting average. Uh, but that was only an 81 game. So just kind of on there. Uh, there in. Or am I looking at OBP? Yeah, I was looking at it. I always get some confused. But no, he did hit 321 in 2006, so not a career high in batting average. But still, his first year with the Rockies, he bats 319, 364, 496, 860 on the OPS and an OPS plus of 125. He is increased all of his stat. He increased all of his hitting stats across the board. He hadn't hit over 300 uh, since 2010. So when uh, Morneau came to the Rockies, he was able to increase that batting average and get that back to where he was kind of sitting for a little bit there and from 06 into oh uh you know around 09 I mean those high 200 batting averages 300 batting averages doesn't get back up to those 100 RBI totals. That's the one thing that didn't work out. But Justin Morneau is a serviceable person to play first base for the Rockies. Had a nice little bit of success there as well. And, of course, the the, the most prominent example right now, C.J. Crone has played himself into a multi-year deal with the Colorado Rockies. It, it, he was uh, someone that uh, was looking at some issues and looking at downturns, different teams, and... Now he comes to the Rockies and sees great improvement in his game. Going from when he first gets here in 2021, he uh hits his highest batting average of the of his entire career. Last year at .257 was a decrease, but still higher than uh what he did in 14 and 17 and 18 and 19. So, and as well as his 2020 in the shortened season as well. So, he has played arguably his best ball since coming over and has really been a nice addition to the Rockies. They he, CJ Crone finally answered the issues at first base and was someone that the Rockies should have been more interested in other than these other players that played first base that didn't work out because here's the deal. Sometimes the Rockies have, they uh, have too much commitment. They're too willing and too eager to commit to some of these veteran names and it gets in the way it, it, and, and you're committing a ton of money. And there's two players that we've talked about before, but th- is, are a prime example of when trusting in and buying into and believing in just name alone is a bit too much. And uh, why it's something that you can't always lean on. This is why development, this is why trading, and this is why free agent acquisitions with a little bit more heft to them are important. Let's talk about those names after we check this out. Steven Cross in the live chat here, he says, happy December, Paul. Let's hope we see some moves over the next few weeks. I agree. We need some Rockies news and we need some Rocky news for sure winter meetings around the corner so we'll see what that means gonna give you guys a heads up uh for next week in locked on rockies land here i will technically be on my vacation so we are going to have i got some there will be episodes we got some great crossovers uh really cool ones including one i don't want to spoil because i think it's a really cool idea that we got cooking up here uh so i'm gonna keep that as a surprise so if there's like breaking rockies news we probably won't get it elite, uh, in in a video or good podcast form until I'm back the following week unfortunately but we got some great stuff for you getting ready for for the meetings I don't expect anything to happen with the Rockies until the winter meetings uh, but I, I, my holiday comes a little early cause I got to do other stuff over the actual holidays. So the podcast will still have stuff, but just in case with it being the off season and you're wondering, Oh, why aren't we getting a, an immediate pod? Uh, I would, if I could, but I'm going to be kind of limited on my, uh, on my trip, but, um, circling Iraq and, and kind of going into our final thoughts on the one year deal. Buying into this idea of bringing people in to reinvent their career at Coors Field. We've talked a lot about the pros. We've talked about ones that's worked out. But the Rockies' big mistakes was committing too much to this idea of career reinvention and these vets because it was on full display with the Rockies' choice at first base following Todd Helton. Going with Ian Desmond and Daniel Murphy was not the move. The Rockies committed far too many resources, they limited the playing time of other good players, and they didn't really evaluate the current talent that they had on the field. With Brendan Rodgers coming up in the system, if the Rockies actually saw what the Yankees saw in DJ LeMahieu, they could have converted DJ LeMahieu into into a first baseman, you have Brendan Rodgers up who would have not been limited and impacted by DJ LeMahieu who got in the way of playing time and then Ryan McMahon. At that point even, with uh, you would probably be playing Ryan McMahon at second base. That's Brendan Rodgers still needing a little bit more time probably to develop. So if you had the hindsight and actually looked, I I know I, I, I should say, if we had looking at this in hindsight, if the Rockies were as able to evaluate the talent that they have as a team, instead of being fantasized or mysticized by some of these veteran options, the Rockies infield could have looked Nolan, Str- Trevor Story, Ryan McMahon, and DJ LeMayu. And that's why, and instead of signing Daniel Murphy or Ian Desmond, I can't remember, I think it was Daniel Murphy or Ian Desmond. I can't remember which one it was. I think it might have actually been Ian Desmond. Instead of signing Ian Desmond or Daniel Murphy for the same amount of money that DJ LeMayhew signed for the New York Yankees, you could have had someone who, is an, who would have turned out to be exactly what you needed at first base and still would be an option for first base for you. You can't get just caught up in All-Star and them coming over because here's the thing. Ian Desmond was an All-Star before he came to Colorado. And then after that, things just went downhill. This was, argue, his time in Colorado was arguably the worst times in his career, especially uh, when you're looking in terms of batting performance, uh, when you're looking at the amount of, uh, he, he did generate more RBIs. He, he, other than 2014, uh, he was pretty good at generating some RBIs, not so much in his first season with the Rockies. Uh, but by the time the end of it, Ian Desmond just didn't pan out and didn't give you the type of production that you could have gotten from someone like a uh, DJ LeMayhew. And then when you look at Daniel Murphy, when Daniel Murphy comes over, he doesn't improve. In fact, he also takes step backs across the board on offense and wasn't good as a defensive player and really didn't even bring anything. I forgot that Daniel Murphy also played with the Rockies in the, the pandemic shortened season of 2020. So this idea of, uh, you know, of, of career reinvention isn't always going to work out for the Rockies. That's why I would never, never offer more than two years for some of these players. This is why I think the, you should really stick with the one-year deal. I would not be happy if the Rockies signed Cody Bellinger to a three-year deal. That's not the right way to handle Cody Bellinger you sign him to the one year deal he proves it you guys either come together and you like it or with the rocky situation it's different or he gets to go and he goes to move on or you could go and 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 trade at the deadline That's the other beauty. You can trade these really good pieces, these one year deals away and get some prospects back. That's what the Rockies need to be more willing to do with these real one year deals and these guys that are coming in to reinvent their careers. The Rockies have to be willing to turn them at the deadline because if they aren't competitive, if the Rockies continue to look at themselves or continue to look at situations where they are way out of the hunt, turning these simple, these one year deals, these veteran players that are performing and getting prospects. That's the type of stuff that you can do. There's just so the Rockies are smart to be, to think this way and have already been going after players that want to reinvent their career, but they, they can continue to use it. And I think it's a strategy. The Rockies could be even better at because every offensive player is going to be interested about coming to course and getting things right. And who knows? The Rockies got a really interesting hitting coach as well. And if the Rockies in general all improve on offense, that is also going to entice more offensive players to come, especially because the course field effect isn't as much as of, a, of a bragging point. With the Rockies offense we will close with a question from the live chat here. Who does everyone see as the Rockies biggest rival? Diamondbacks, Padres, Red Sox. Um, Every The NL West is all the worst, and, and but if you're looking at me directly, I think the Rockies' biggest rivals, the ones that, that you can actually say they're head-to-head and, and and rivals with, are the Padres and the Diamondbacks. I'd honestly put the Padres and the Diamondbacks, as much as I, I, I have such disdain for the Giants and the Dodgers, the rivalry's been so lopsided for, for a long time, but the Rockies have been consistently the thorn in the side of the Padres Always causing issues for them, and the Rockies always seem to be forever intermingled. Whether it be the strong seasons in the NLS where those teams end up making postseason runs, those two always seem to get intertwined either late series series in the season, wild card games, all that type of stuff. And yes, the Red Sox will forever be a little bit of a rival as well because of 07. Not so much, though. I mean, it was just a lucky, it was really just some good luck and the Rockies being a benefit of being too too good against the other teams and getting cooled off. Um, but uh, I would say the Rockies, are our biggest rivals are the Diamondbacks and the Padres, um, but we don't like any of the NL West around here. But we like you all. We like the fans of the Locked On Rockies. Thank you all so much for joining us and making us your first listen of the day. You can join in in the live chat just like Steven, just like Eric, and just like Nicholas did today when you subscribe to Locked on Rockies podcast on YouTube, you can find all of our podcasts free and streaming on your favorite streaming service. You can find me at Paul Holden 33. You can find the show at L O Rockies on Twitter. And now that you've made us your first listener of the day, go check out the Locked on sports today podcast, where you can stay up to date with all things in the world of sports. And in terms of Colorado sports, you can stay up to the date with The Locked On Broncos, Locked On Avalanche, and Locked On Nuggets podcast. Folks, until next time, this is Paul Holden saying so long from the Locked On Rockies podcast.